Romans 12, 1, and this is what it says. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. I just pray that it just sears on our hearts this morning. God, more than anything, we want to hear you. And this whole season, going into these next three weeks, God, open up our ears, our spiritual eyes and ears, so that we can see and hear your voice clearly, God. Um, thank you for this morning, uh, this, this rhema word, this right now word for this time and this season. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. So what a beautiful uh, gathering and what a powerful series to begin this year. Don't waste your life. And that's possible for you. It's possible for me. And God in his grace and mercy wants to save us from that uh, this morning. So uh, just this last month, Deanna and I, we found out that um, our previous front office staff person, a lot of you would know her, B, um, was, in, was in home hospice. Uh, due to congestive heart failure um, from all the years of chemotherapy. Uh, she, had, she had beaten cancer off four or five times now. Um, I've lost count. And anyhow, um, Pastor Deanna and I had the invitation to go over and visit her the week before the last. And it gave my heart such joy to see her, uh, partly because she's such a good friend. Um, some of you know, and, and this is a little embarrassing, but she started to call me JC after one of our Good Friday services where she thought I looked like Jesus. And so <laughs> she still calls me that um, to this day. Um, and she is, she is a passionate uh, follower of Jesus, and she has loved God and served God as a hospice nurse herself uh, for many years. But, but I was just also filled with joy because um, she honestly just seemed like she was in such good spirits and such good health um, when I saw her. She was skinny, yes, um, but she was herself. And um, her doctors had given her um, six months to live back in June. And I remember talking with Beverly, her daughter, um, saying, you know, I, I, just want, I just want you to agree with me, uh, Pastor Deanna and Sean, you know, I don't, I don't want to see her uh, leave me during the holidays. And so she's already beating the odds once again, and she's doing very well. And while, while we were there, this, this just touched me. This is another miracle. we got another miracle sitting up here in the front, front row. You guys welcome Alex. It's so good to see you, man. But while we were there... Um, you know, B was talking about how she felt great and that, you know, the devil just keeps on trying to take her out, but he can't seem to do it. <laughs> and she also said this, and, and, and this, this just sunk deep into my spirit. She said, I'm not afraid of dying. Uh, I'll be ready when it's my time, but God just has, still has something for me here. She says, that's why I'm here today. And, and so she, I, I hope you'll just join me in lifting her and her daughter Beverly up for her continued health and her well-being. Uh, she really is a precious uh, person in our life. And, and, and my prayers have been something like this as I've been praying for her. You know, dear God, in your grace and mercy, will you let be just experience the fullness of life that only you can give? And, and, you know, he's the same God who says, I will give back what the locusts have eaten. And, and that's my story and that's your story. And every gospel story is a story of God giving us what we do not deserve. And, and giving us a future with him that none of us could achieve on our own. And I think B is just a picture for me of, you know, humanity and the capability that we all have to not waste away the gift of life that God has given us. And um, I, I don't want any of us in this room or watching online to do that. And I, and I, and I know you don't want to do that, but life is a big thing. And so we have to break it down if we're going to be able to save it. And I was inspired last night too. I was invited uh, again. This is my second time to share with the Saturday Night Alive group. Um, the lively singles over at uh, Christian Life Ministries. And um, it's a singles group that, that they meet regularly and they share meals and do some fun things together and such. And last night they had a, a potluck meal and some icebreakers and then I got up to share. And they asked me to share on hope for the future. 
And um, afterwards, they had discussed their thoughts and feelings after the message, and I was inspired. You know, nobody there in that room wanted to waste their life. And, and so last week, we began in this series um, by laying out the idea that it is possible that we could waste our health. And um, so the message was, don't waste your health. And I don't know about you, but that ruined a lot of great moments in my week. <laughs> you know, when I was sitting at a restaurant and going, okay, I really don't need to be doing this right now. Why? Because I have a big principle that I'm trying to rally around in my life. And it's this, if you missed last week, here's the big idea from last week. You don't waste your health by making the necessary choices to extend your influence for Jesus. And so that's how you don't waste your health. That's different than I want to get fit. It's different than um, I want to lose weight. That's different than I need to get my blood pressure down. That's, that's different than I need to cut more sugar out of my diet. All those things are well and good, but that's not the big picture. The big picture is as far as it depends on me, I want to extend my influence on this earth for Jesus. Uh, and I don't want to cut that short by my own lifestyle choices or to save a year or a decade or two off of my life that could be used to share the story of Jesus with the world. And I don't want to be tired all the time. And I don't want to be cranky all the time. And, and I don't want to not have a good mental focus. And I don't, I don't want to have to work at my minimal potential uh, because when I do that, it detracts from the story of Jesus in my life. It takes me away from my wife, from my family. And so I want to make the necessary choices. And we know that they're not always going to be easy right? We already know that. And that's, what, that's what's kind of wrapped my heart around what B said to me a week ago. The things that she was saying reminded me of that verse that we read when we opened up Romans 12. Take your everyday, your ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do. And, and so this week, we're going to break it down in a different direction. And this week's idea for us is uh, don't waste your time. Now, there are a few big things in our life, and tell me if I'm right or not, um, that, that, that frustrates us more than people wasting our time. You can hear it in the tone of people's voices um, when they say, don't waste my time. You're wasting my time, right? Or, or maybe we can think about it in a relationship with a guy or a girl and the relationship cruises on and on and on, uh, but then one person decides that they don't want to pony up to the commitment, right? And they say, you know what? I'm going to jump out. And, and you feel like that person, you know, kind of led you on uh, or wasted, you know, those months or sometimes years of your life. That's frustrating. And after that happens, you're like, man, you just wasted a lot of my time. Um, uh, if we get the directions wrong in the text, or in the email to, to wherever you're going. Has that ever happened to you? And, and not only did you not make it to the meeting that you were going to, but you ended up on the other side of town, you know, 25 minutes away from wherever you were intended to be. And now you're like, wow, what a waste of time, right? And, and if you've ever sat in a meeting before, and I hope that none of my Destiny staff will say yes to this, but have you ever sat in a meeting with no point and no plan and no training and no actionable solutions? Have you ever been in that meeting before? And you're, you're sitting in the meeting going, I am wasting my time right now. And it really gets to us because we know time is precious. Time is precious. And we all feel like we don't have enough time to even do the things that we need or want to do in a given week. But in reality, then I know you don't want me to say this, but you already know what I'm going to say. In reality, I'm the one who is the biggest waster of my time. <laughs> it's me. I, I don't really need to worry about somebody who accidentally you know, gave me the wrong address or I'm sitting in a meeting where there's no point. My time wasting usually resides with me. It starts with me, not with someone else making decisions in my life. And this is how it happens. We don't waste our life all at once. We waste our life a little bit at a time. And, and you and I have the ability, remember, to recalibrate, to, to take a, a degree difference and to, to shift our thinking around our time. And today, I think, is going to be a huge step in that direction for some of us. Um, you've heard some of this before, but just, just perk up your ears for just a little bit. I want you to listen to this. The average life, uh, the average American life in the United States right now, they say, is 79 years. And of those 79 years, a normal person spends 26 years asleep. Somebody's like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Like literally asleep, sleeping. 
Um, that's crazy. 26 years in bed asleep. And you're like, well, you know, but if you do that well, those 26 years really well, then the other years that you're awake, you can do some really phenomenal things. True. Absolutely. So here's another one. Uh, this, this might be discouraging after that first one. The average American 79-year lifespan spends seven, spends seven years lying in bed trying to fall asleep. Seven years in bed, average person trying to fall asleep. 11 years watching television. 11 years at your job. That's funny how those two kind of match up. Assuming that you work an average, you know, 40-hour work week in the, the working years of life, 11 years. Um, women, I hate to say it, on average spend 136 days of their lives getting ready. Uh, a man is 46 days getting ready. Thus, I guess men aren't really quite as ready as women, right? <laughs> Apparently. 11 years of our life is spent online surfing the internet. 11 years. 18 years of our life is spent on the phone. And interestingly enough, you know, we're going to have to um, rename, we're going to have to rename our phones apparently because I looked up to see, you know, what we do on our phones and making phone calls doesn't even rank on the top 10 list of the actual things that we do on a phone. <laughs> and so we're checking our email and we're reading the news and we're checking social media and we're sending somebody a text and we're searching for local information or Googling directions. And we're, we're doing that for 18 years of our life for the average American. Uh, they say teenagers, interestingly enough, spend an average 100, uh, send an average of 100 texts a day. We spend 1.5 years, I don't know if I can say this or not, um, this might be a, a radio edit in the restroom, not, in, not talking about in the shower, not talking about brushing our teeth. I'm talking about 1.5 years, you know, on the throne. <laughs> we, we check our phones every 6.5 minutes. So that's 150 times in a 16 hour waking day on average. Um, we wash clothes for three years in a lifetime. Some people, some people in the room are like, wait a minute, I don't wash, I don't spend three years, of, no, well, somebody in your house does, right? <laughs> and, and all the clothes, all the clothes washers in the house say amen. So <laughs> some, of, some of these, of course, overlap. Um, we spend 11 hours of our day interacting with digital media of some sort on average, whether it's our email account um, or television screen or our phone. Um, and by the time our kids are seven years old, they would have spent an entire year of their life in front of a digital screen of some sort on average. So when you start slicing up our journey on earth, you realize there's a lot of time in there somewhere. And there's a lot of opportunity in there, right? And, 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 and that said, I believe that there's time. There is time for every one of us to do everything that God has intended for us to do. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. I believe that there's time for every one of us to do everything that God has intended for us to do. But it's possible for us, you know and I know, that we can waste the one commodity that we cannot recover, and we looked last week in Ephesians chapter five, and I wanna come back to that text again because it's a great template for life. And as we mentioned last week, coming down to chapter five, it's really kind of shifting into the practical in this book. So we're not talking theoretical, we're not talking philosophy, we're not even talking theology when we get to chapter five here. We're really getting down into the nitty gritty. How does my new relationship with Father God as a son or a daughter in Jesus domino into real world living? What does that look like? And so we see in chapter five that it certainly looks distinct from the world. And uh, it says, it starts off by saying at the beginning of the chapter, we walk around in love, right? That's the first thing it says. It starts saying, then we, we walk in the light and that's going to set us up to be different from the world. We walk holy in a world that's unholy. And the author rolls out what that looks like as well. And then he comes down to the summary paragraph of this first section in verse 15. And he says, look carefully then how you walk. So this is sort of the unpinning, the underpinning of, of these few weeks that we have together. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Now look at this next phrase, making the best use of the time. 
might want to circle that or underline it or bold it, do whatever, use your highlighter because the days are evil. Making the best use of time. The NIV translation says, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. The word there in the original language is kairos. And what that means is there are moments in life where things come to a head, where it's time to make a decision and it's time to be a difference maker and it's time to have influence and it's time to shift the directions that are around us. And when you come into these kairos moments and these opportunities in life, make the most of every one of them. Make the most of everyone that comes your way. And then he goes on to say, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so that's what I really want to rally around this morning. That's what I, I want to begin to ingest into my thinking over the next few weeks. And, and I'm not looking for a wholesale change. I know we're gonna be doing a series, I don't know how many weeks, six or seven weeks that we're gonna be in this series. And I don't know if, if there's anyone in this room, any one of us can really onboard every one of the talks that we're gonna do in this series. You know, I don't know if I can focus on my health and my time and all the other things that we're gonna talk about in the next few weeks. But if I can just grab and course correct one or two of these things and make a small calibration in a direction, I really do believe that we can have a major difference in our outcomes over the next few weeks and months and the years of my life. And I do believe that this is true for you as well. So coupling this with the 21 days of prayer that we're jumping into tomorrow and fasting, I think God's going to do some really amazing things in 2022. So how do we do this? Let's first talk about the negative and then we'll end on the positive. So how do we so easily waste time? We wa how do we so easily waste the commodity in life that we cannot recover? So a few ideas here. We waste our time, number one, by not seeing the big picture. Uh, most of us, we have a tendency to focus on the next thing that's going to happen in our lives or maybe the last thing that just happened. And our conversation is all about the next thing or the last thing. Our organization is all about the next thing or the last thing. And that's the rat race that people talk about, right? That's, that's the, the little gerbil that's on the wheel that's running in circles. It's like, well, I did my 9.30 you know, coffee meeting and now I've got to hustle to my uh, 11 o'clock. And after 11 o'clock, you know, I've got 20 minutes to grab something for lunch and after lunch I've got to pick the kids up and then the kids have to get to whatever and the next thing after that and the next thing after that and the next thing after that and we live from point to point to point and our, and our whole investment really is what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, and we're just kind of checking them off and a good day is, well, I checked most of them off today and I got through uh, most of the next things today. And then tomorrow comes in and bam, there's a whole new set of next things that are right there in my face, right? And when you meet people and talk to people, oftentimes they're talking about maybe the last thing that happened, like the very last thing that happened that was the big deal or the very next thing that's gonna happen is the big deal. And when we do that, we fail to see the big picture. So I want to encourage you in a simple way. Now, I'm not a, a time management expert, but I, I've been a student of time management a few times in my life. You know, as a leader, you know, reading leadership blogs and books, the topic comes up a lot. And um, some of you have uh, experienced that as well. And I've discovered, and I mean this in the kindest way, I, I've discovered if you want a one-minute summary um, on almost any time management article or book, really the bottom line of it all is that you Manage your time better. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. You manage your time better. So I'm not a time management expert, but I'll tell you one principle that you'll find all the way across the board, and you'll find it in the person of Jesus. Um, and ultimately, we should probably get excited about what he wants to say to us because he's a pretty good time at time management, right? Um, and if you, if, you, if you don't, and if I don't, create space to think, then you're going to waste your time. If you don't push aside some things, move aside some, some distractions, uh, then you're going to waste your time and I'm going to waste my time. And some of the best times in my week are when I try to sit down with no one else across the table and no notifications on the phone or uh, the computer and no interruptions allowed, just an open mind and an open heart, open spirit and a blank page. And at the end of that, it's amazing to me how much direction God will give. And, and, and a lot of it breaks down into specific 
steps. Um, but, it also, but it always starts with this big idea. And so here's the thing. Here's the idea I want you to write down. Don't let the next thing or the last thing rob you of the big thing God wants to do in your life. Don't let the next thing or the last thing rob you of the big thing that God wants. You could say it a different way. If, if, if you uh, don't like uh, not seeing the big picture, you could say you waste your time by not planning on investing it wisely. Or you could say you invest. You waste your time by a lack of margin in your life that is used well. And so a second way I want to talk about that we waste our time is by ignoring the essential thing that is right in front of us. So those two things, they have to live together. You can create the space to think about the big idea. And there's probably a big idea right in front of you right now. And that big idea requires you to step up and into the faith and the confidence of God to do it, right? And, and so um, if, 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 if that's, that's where you're at, that, that big idea requires you to do that. And if you don't do that, you're probably gonna end up wasting a lot of the opportunity that God has given you. So there's a real popular um, time management book by a guy named Brian Tra- Tracy. Anybody read the book, uh, Eat That Frog? Anybody? Well, I can, I can see why it's a Times uh, bestseller. <laughs> but it's the number two best-selling um, time management book of all time. And, and, uh, but here's the two big principles that are, are pretty awesome from the book. Uh, first, he says, if you have to eat two frogs, eat the ugliest one first. And what do you, in other words, when, when you start into your day, there's going to be some essential thing there that maybe you don't like how it looks. It's going to allow you to really move forward and clear the deck for what God really wants you to do, the big picture, right? Do that thing first instead of doing all the easy things first that don't require a gut check or a lot of confidence for God to come through. If you don't, tomorrow, that ugly frog is still going to be sitting there looking at you. (laughs) And the next day again, and the next day again. So time management people say it this way, do the hardest thing first. Do the hardest thing first. That's, that's what eating the ugly frog is all about. Um, the second thing that Brian Tracy says, I put it on your handouts, on your notes, if you have them, it says, if you have to eat a live frog, it doesn't pay to sit and look at it for too long. Because what's it gonna do? It's gonna run away from you. <laughs> that's pretty good. So I'm gonna remember both of those things because every day in life, there's something right in front of us That's essential. And until we can knock that thing out of the way, we're not gonna really be able to think about the big thing. The third way that we waste our time is by good distractions, okay? So a lot of us are gonna waste the time that we have on earth by doing a bunch of good things with our lives, but we're gonna miss the big thing that we're supposed to do. One of the very worst uses of time is to do something very well that need not be done at all. I say that again? One of uh, the very worst uses of time is to do something very well that need not be done at all. Fourth way that we waste our time is by being selfish. And this is the capital uh, for all of the major ways that we waste our time. Jesus himself said this in John's gospel, chapter six, verse 38, I'll put up on the screen. For I have come down from heaven, what? Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So this is, this is Jesus. How did, how did Jesus stay on task with that? He stayed on task by, linked, by being linked into a selfless lifestyle. And selfishness is the root of a lot of things in our life. I mean, think about it this way. Sin has a baby. The baby's called waste. And waste hits our time. It hits our family. It hits our health. It hits our money, right? It hits our opportunity, our gift, and everything else in our lives. So Jesus, in this full text, if we back up just a little bit, I love this. This is what he says. He says, I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. And so he has a missional focus. He's got his eye on the prize, right? And we'll look on that a little bit more in just a moment. But here's the question. What ways are we being 
selfish? What ways are we being selfish? And in being selfish, are we wasting the stewardship of time that God has given to us? It's, it's so commonplace for us to want so badly to offer our opinion and thoughts on everything, isn't it? So much so that people kind of vomit all over social media and whatever platforms that they, they have the opportunity to be on, right? Don't you want to know what I think, right? And, and well, think about this for just a second. This could maybe be possibly the, you know, the most important thing that's set into our current situation in humanity, our current culture. We are way too preoccupied with what we think. We are way too occupied with what we think and far less interested in what God thinks about us. About our life and about our purpose and about our time and about how to live and about how to treat people. God is the higher thinker in the group, not trying to diminish anybody or anybody this morning, but he is. He's the higher thinker. And so when somebody says, well, it's my time and I needed to do that and I wanted to do that and I wanna make this decision, basically what you're saying is whatever God thinks about my life has to be subservient to what I think. Because my thinking about life has become somehow, and, and it really is in our culture, the most important thinking about my life. My thinking, the way I think, what I think. And he comes around the corner and he, he it's just like he reminds us in scripture. We talked just, just a little bit about this last week. You are a perishable good, right? You are that can of soup sitting in that, in that pantry. You are a perishable but precious good. And your life is a gift on loan. And the time that you have on earth, you can never get it back. You can never replay and never do it again. Time is God's gift to you and God's gift to me. And selfishness will cause us to waste our time. And so the fifth way, let's keep on going. The fifth way we waste our time is by buying the lie that we don't have enough of it. We all have enough time to do what God has purposed us to do. I love this Psalm 138.8. First, because it really gives us a place to stand in hard times, but but it also speaks to all of our times. And it says, the Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. I want to encourage you with that this morning. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for you. Submit your life to him. Uh, yield to him, onboard it with his purpose and his plan for your life and he will fulfill his purpose in your life. He'll do what he set out to do through you. We have enough time, I'll say it again, to do what God has called us to do if we don't waste our time. The sixth way that we waste our time is by distancing ourselves from Jesus. And, and we'll come back to that at the close too. But again, Jesus is the best time management ever. Think about this. He only lived for 33 years on this planet. His ministry was only three. And then in three days, he destroyed the old way and he established a new way. So he is a good time manager. And he knows how to get things done. And if you link your life up with him, you won't find yourself wasting time. You'll find yourself finding your time in him. Number seven, we waste our time by confusing visibility with significance. We think that if people don't see what we're doing, what we're doing doesn't matter. If the, if the public doesn't have a view of our life, you know, on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, how, how many of you know, this, this, was, this just totally blew me away this week. TikTok has now surpassed Google as the most visited website on the planet. <laughs> this is just blowing it. Okay, it just blew my mind. Okay. <laughs> so so this, is, this is where this comes to though. We waste our time. It's, it's a social media platform. If you don't know what it is, we waste our time by confusing visibility with significance. We think if people don't see what we're doing, what we're doing doesn't matter. So if the public doesn't have a view of our life, then we don't have an important life is what we think, right? And, and a lot of us waste opportunity because we believed that idea that visibility and significance are the same thing in the economy of God, and it's not true. Our significance is found in what? In our identity as loved sons and daughters of the king, and we walk around in love knowing that, right? The last thing, number eight, we waste our time by settling for small 
purpose, which is the setup for the rest of the morning. You know, I mean, you know, say, say, say that you made 50 mil, 50 million big ones, and you die, you, you can still die with a small purpose and die with $50 million in your pockets. Maybe you made your 50 million and you were successful on earth and all of it went up into the flames the moment that you stood before Jesus and you realize that you didn't do anything of eternal value. Your purpose is way too small if that's your purpose. Your bank account may have been big, but your purpose was too small. Uh, We waste our time by having too little purpose in our lives. Now, I think in scripture, in the passage that we're reading, God is going to show us that the key to time management and discipline is important. So we already know that. Uh, Efficiency is important. We already know that. Um, Eliminating distractions is important. We already know that. But he's going to show us that there's a key connection between not wasting time and investing time and having purpose in our lives. So if you're taking down notes, I believe that he's going to show us that purpose is the key to not wasting our time. Um, now, how, how early, it's not how early you get up or how early you go to bed or how good of a schedule you can keep or how amazing your techniques are at, you know, using time. All those things are great, but I believe God is showing us that the key to not wasting our time is by gaining purpose in life. So notice again, Ephesians 5, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So set up number one, don't waste your time. Don't be a fool and squander away, you know, the opportunity that you have in life. But how do we do that? So he gives us the how-to in the next verse. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So I looked into the Greek to understand this phrase, the will of the Lord, and there was three primary words that kind of emerge out of this original Greek. And the, the three words are will, first of all. That's what, what our translation says. Understand the will, wish, and desire. So we could write this out, and I put this on your notes. Understand what the Lord desires. Understand what the Lord wishes would happen in this circumstance. Understand God's will for this kairos moment that he put in you. So life is made up of time, yes, but time leads us to these kairos opportunities where we have a conversation and we have a chance to invest and we have a chance to divest, right, from some things. We have a chance to involve and we have a chance to de-involve ourselves. I like to make up my own words. And we have moments that come in life and he says, in those moments, understand what God wishes would happen in that moment and get on board with that. And, and that's, that's how we don't waste that kairos, that time, that opportunity of life by understanding what God wants to do. And then we can simply say, I've got my marching orders now because I know what God wants to do in this particular moment and in this relationship and in this conversation and in this situation and in this business meeting and in this deal that I'm in right now. I know what God wants to do right now and I'm gonna get on board with that so I don't waste my time when I discover my purpose in life. And I think that's the crux that God is showing us in this text. It's walking in foolishness when we don't have purpose in our lives. And so the next thing that's going to happen, and the last thing is not my purpose. Purpose is beginning to understand whatever contribution God wants me to make to humanity because I'm alive on the planet. (laughs) And so here's the big idea. Here's the big idea for the day if you want to write this down. Don't waste your time by using or investing wisely the time, the set time that you have on earth for the one thing that matters most. Think about that for a moment. Don't waste your time by using or investing wisely the set time. And that this, this has already been determined, by the way, how much time you have. Um, it's already determined there's a set time somehow and the sovereignty of God. And you say, well, then why should I worry about my health if there's a set time? Well, because we don't understand all the ways of God and the sovereign plans of God, but our decisions fold into God's sovereign plans. And so to use that wisely, the set time that you have on earth for the one thing that matters most, well, what's the one thing that matters most? 
Well, all through scripture, and according to the writer, if you, if you, if you dig into Ephesians chapter five, the one thing that matters most, and we, we spent a whole series on this, is to know Jesus and to make him known your passion and your purpose, to know him and to make him known. That's what matters most in your life. Your family matters, amen. Your job matters, hallelujah. Your health matters, but nothing matters more than knowing him and making him known within the set amount of time that you have on earth. So put some purpose, some of that purpose in your life. And so then how can I get this purpose in my life? I just wanna spend uh, the last few minutes on this. How can I be the kind of person who is seeing and setting a God-sized vision for my life? And a few things to think about. Number one, decide now what you want your legacy to be. It was so interesting. This was the same question that was asked last night um, as the icebreaker in the Saturday Night Alive group. Decide now what you want your legacy to be. Give it some thought sometime, even especially maybe even in the next few weeks as we're praying and fasting to what you want your legacy in life to be. Maybe you could even start by boiling it down to your epitaph if you want. Uh, you know, so because unless you're rich, you're probably gonna get about a sentence. You know, what would you like it to be? Maybe, you know, it, the standard kind of thing is, you know, beloved husband, beloved uh, mother, uh, Beloved daughter, what, what would you like the sentence to be that summarizes your journey on earth? The, the men's ministry um, after men's retreat, uh, Bill challenged us, you know, what's, what's your mission statement? What do you, what do you, what do you wanna drive towards with everything that you're doing in your life? Well, and then unpack that. What would, you, you, what would you like your legacy to be in this world? And what would you like to be said about the world because of you? But what would you like to be said about your neighborhood? about the city that you live in, about your family, because you were there. Secondly, I want you to keep asking, or maybe ask for the first time, well, so we know our, our purpose. Our purpose is to know God and, and to make him known, but what about your passion? Keep asking or ask maybe for the first time, what are you passionate about? Your purpose and your passion. So the, the, see the problem with what's next and with what was last is that we stop exploring and we stop digging and we stop developing when we focus on those. And as we grow up, you know, from years one to five, you know, those years, everything is the first, right? Everything is a new discovery, the first time that we did everything. But as we get older, and by the time, you know, you get to be, you know, my age, which I think I'm 44, 45, somewhere in there now, um, you know, ish. And, <laughs> and as, as I, there are very first, there are very few firsts in my life anymore. There are very few. And so, uh, because here's the thing, we're, we're always looking, that's a, part of the reason we're always looking for the next thing or the last thing, and we lose that sense of discovery, what makes my heart beat and what makes my passion run the strongest and, and what is it that I'm really uniquely wired to, to give to this planet? What keeps me awake at night? What makes me pound my fist at the table? What fires me up? What gives me enthusiasm? What in the secret place of my mind do I really dream and think about? And I think continuing to ask those questions is so important. Um, you know, God gives us the, the, those passions and the desires that are stirring up in us. So maybe you'll have two or three, you know, big uh, passions and uh, partnered with your purpose in life, or maybe four or five, but you probably won't have 50. Um, maybe you'll have a season where, you know, uh, I, I don't know why I always go back to this one when I talk about this. I love talking about purpose and passion, but you know, maybe you're, you're going to be a donut maker and, and building up your donut shop is your passion. And you use the resources that God has given you to make the most beautiful, wonderful tasting donuts. Uh, you use those resources well for the thing that matters most. And you sow into the kingdom of God with the, the resources and the finances and the money and the people that he gives you to know Jesus and to make him known. But another season comes and then maybe you decide or you know, the Holy Spirit moves on your heart that you wanna be a church planner. And then there's a season of, of a church planning passion that's in your life. And so there could be two or three, I think, probably for most of us, or there could be just one for your whole lifetime for some of us. But there's probably won't be a new passion every time you scroll through your Instagram and see what somebody else is doing. That's, that's just the, the comparison trap that we get into. Oh my goodness, I think I should actually wanna do that. I'm fired up today to do that. And then three months later, it fizzles out. We have to spend enough time digging down, 
and gathering some people that love us around us, some friends around us, getting God's word open before you try to unearth what is the thing that I'm really, really just fired up about? What am I good at? And what is the thing that I'm really passionate about? And as you do that, purpose will start taking uh, shape in your life. And you'll stop saying things like, listen to this, you'll stop saying things like, my schedule says this. And it's dictating your life. And I have to do that. And I don't have enough time to do everything that I need to do. And you'll start talking more about the vision that is emerging in your life. And that's purpose and passion that is just springing up and emerging in your life. Third, how do you get a hold of purpose? You have to ask the question, how can I use my life or my time or your lifetime to positively affect other people? That's a, that's a big one. See, none of us are gonna escape the trap of wasting our time if we're not others focused. Because purpose in Jesus is always gonna lead us to, to give to the greater good of everybody. And so if, if I asked you your purpose or you asked me my purpose, it's gonna have to be connected to the goodwill of all people somehow in some way. My purpose can't be all about what I'm gonna get and what I'm gonna do and what I'm gonna you know, move and what I'm gonna accomplish or build for me. That's not purpose. That's just me wanting to do more for me. Real purpose is how does all of this set me up to do for more for the people that God loves on this planet? Uh, Martin Luther King Day is coming up quick next week, I think, January 17th. Um, and on that day, everybody, you know, puts up a Martin Luther King quote and, and uh, somewhere in the mix of that day. And you begin discover, to discover and realize that the guy had a lot uh, to say. So I've listened to a few of his message over the, uh, messages over the years and, and just have marveled at his ability to, to hone in on ideas. Um, and one of the things that he said is that life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? One of the urgent questions of life isn't what are you doing? It's what are you doing for others? And so I I wanna encourage us to make sure that we're unlocking our purpose to see the world around us and ask the question, how can I positively affect the lives of other people? And trust me, if you get that unlocked inside of you somewhere, you're going to start recognizing the way that you spend and invest your time. And you're going to start prioritizing the things that really matter most. And you're probably going to be dropping off the radar a few things that really matter the most. Now, I started off by saying I'm, I'm not a, a real heavy-duty time management guru, but I do know what I want to do on planet Earth. I've been challenged enough times by mentors and, and pastors and leaders in my life to, to think through that. And I, and, I, and I do know what I want to have said about my life at the end of the day. And at the heart of it all is a deep, deep desire to love and serve people, to help them see Jesus and to experience his fullness in their lives. And, and I think that no matter what field you're in, um, if that foundation starts weaving its way into the conversation of our mind and our heart, purpose is going to start flowing. Passion is going to start flowing through our lives. And some things are going to drop off the radar that are peripheral to that. And you're probably, probably not going to spend 11 years of your life watching television once you discover your purpose in life. Let me just say that. <laughs> Purposeless people spend 11 years or more watching television. Purposeful people go, I've got something to give to the world. And yeah, I know how easy it is to fall into the Netflix hole. It's a powerful force, isn't it? You can, you can quickly get enthralled and pulled in. The problem with Netflix, if you don't have Netflix and you don't get it, is that as soon as the cliffhanger episode ends, a countdown begins. And so it's not even like you have to do anything. The next episode is going to play in 20 19, 18, and I've got 18 seconds now to decide what I want to do with the next hour of my life. 12, 11, 10, 9, I don't even have time to go to the bathroom. But come on, who's fallen into that? That next episode starts in 20. And so in your mind, you have 20 seconds to decide if you're gonna do the, whatever you're gonna do in the next hour can be delayed, postponed, or forever canceled from your life. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to decide. I can't wait for season two. We're already excited. We're, we're already teed up. We don't even know when the next season comes out. We might have to wait a year. I don't know. But I'm already excited to clear the deck when it comes. And I'm going to watch the whole thing in one day and just knock it all out. But if you are watching a truckload of anything and scanning the news articles on, your, on the web or gaming, which they say the average U.S. gamer plays about 15 hours a week, scrolling down your Facebook feed and just watching whatever the next thing on TV and surfing around until something loosely looks, you know, remotely interesting. You know, I'll, I'll watch him redo, remake another house. I've seen him do about 1,000, but this one's gonna be the one, right? And listen, I get it. I get the pull and I get the draw, but I'm just saying maybe somebody can back me up on this. Once you start discovering what legacy looks like and what you're passionate about and what you're uniquely gifted for and you start having a deep desire to contribute to other people's lives, things start falling off the radar. And the time that you didn't think that you had all of a sudden emerges and after a year goes by, a small decision, a one degree calibration gives you the opportunity you needed to do to do something significant. And then lastly, um, how do we discover purpose? By prioritizing your relationship with Jesus and his church. And I'm not saying that as your pastor at Destiny Foursquare Church. This isn't a volunteer campaign. This isn't a giving campaign. This isn't, this isn't even, uh, you know, go to a connect group this week campaign. I already did that commercial, right? This, this part would be better for me to preach at a friend's church uh, because then there would be nobody saying in the room, well, you're just trying to make everybody feel bad so that they do more for the church. No, that's not, that's not it. Hopefully, you know, you were served well today and you've got ama- we've got amazing volunteers every weekend that make things um, happen around here. So we're not locked down waiting for somebody to say, you know, I want to prioritize Destiny Foursquare Church more so that it can do something. No, it's that you're missing out. You're missing out on purpose. And I, I, I just want to disconnect this from any sense of anybody feeling bad or guilty. Or, you know, you know, Sean's trying to get us to do things. That's not it. I'm not. I just believe that Paul, if we turn back just a few verses, just a few pages from this passage, this is what he says. Listen to this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, that's what God is hoping for you, the immeasurably more, the uh, more help, more time, more family, more resources, more opportunity in life. That's what God has in mind for you. Not less, but immeasurably more is what he wants for you. He is the God who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, comma. To him, talking about that God, that, that, that one, be glory in the church and in Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. So what does that mean? It means that the ultimate purpose of everything finds its conclusion in Jesus and in his church. And there is no greater purpose in life than Jesus and his church. And so if we're gonna discover our purpose and be revitalized in our purpose and come alive in a new purpose that causes us to invest time and not waste our time, then Jesus and our relationship with him and our relationship with his church are gonna become paramount on our journey on planet earth. Don't, Don't get to that moment where you come to Jesus in heaven and you have to say, you know, thank you for those 71 years that you gave me. I'm so sorry that I've only spent cumulatively only about 18 months with you. Or you're standing in the throne room of heaven and you're seeing the church assembled worldwide because that's a picture of what happens there. Every nation, every people, every tribe singing and giving glory to God uh, for eternity. And it's, it's not a corporation. It's not a conglomeration. It's not a man-made thing. It's, it's the church brought to life by Jesus. So don't be the one who has to say, well, I came a few times here and there, uh, but I never invested my time in this great assembly, which is the assembly of the people of God forever. There is no doubt today that all of us can make just a a small adjustment, just that one degree adjustment that we talked about last week and get an extraordinary result. No doubt. But some of us today, 
just as we're getting ready to close this morning can make a huge adjustment and one small step to get the most extraordinary outcome of all because the primary way we waste our life is to live it without a relationship with Jesus. And so I'm gonna give just a moment for us to pray today. And when you're thinking about the man who came to earth for 33 years to do public ministry for three years so that in three days he could die on the cross for the sins of the world and be buried in a tomb and raised again, go down to the depths and be raised from the dead. He is everlasting life with the power to forgive every single one of us and to give us the gift of everlasting life. You don't waste your time by beginning a relationship with Jesus and and connecting to the creator of the world. (laughs) You don't. And I would imagine some of us wanna do that today and, and say, I wanna take just even the next few minutes of my life and put my faith in Jesus to change the trajectory of my life forever. And so that's how you don't waste your time. I'll say, we talked about a lot today. It all, it all really comes down to our purpose is found in loving God and loving others. And how are we gonna take that purpose in our life, marry our passions and the giftings and the abilities that he's given to us and use it for his glory, amen. And to not think about the next thing and the last thing, but to think about the big picture purpose that he's put in our lives. You guys are flaming arrows, remember that picture? You are flaming arrows that are ready to be sent to start a wildfire, Holy Spirit, alive and present in you. So don't waste that opportunity, don't waste your time here on this planet to light the fire where you go, to carry it with you, the glory of the living God residing inside of you. Father God, all of us here that are lovers of of you, sons and daughters have said yes to following you. We just wanna, uh, in unity, before before we, we... even begin this fast, just say our time is yours. And part of, part of this, this time of, of prayer and fasting is giving up some things that are on our schedules to let go of some of those things and to lean in more strongly and, and more, with more intent towards you, that you would speak loud and clear into our lives and, and that uh, we would more importantly lend our ears and our, and our eyes and our attention to you. So God, we thank you, Lord, that it's not in our strength, but it, we, if we feel weak during this time, Lord, our, we find our strength in you. And we know that you love to answer the kinds of prayers that we're praying today. Lord, that we want to, to bend our lives in a way that you would use us for the, the best of the time that we have on this planet. God, I pray our prayer, our collective prayer this morning is that you would use my time that I have in the way that you would have it spent. Lord, that I wouldn't go with my plans, but I would go with your plans, your purpose, your schedule, your agenda. That's that's where I wanna be. That's where I wanna be. So God, we hand it over to you. We lay it at the altar. And just as we close with all the saints praying this morning, all the believers in the house, just leaning into God even right now, praying for every single one of us in here. Maybe you are saying, well, I need the big rescue this morning. I wanna lean into Jesus and his rescue for me for the first time this morning. Or maybe you're leaning back into uh, your savior this morning. You've had a rough season. You've had a rough patch. You found yourself um, hurting. You found yourself, you know, without the time to, to uh, well, you've allowed the time to, to, to kind of drift away from your relationship with him. And you're saying, well, I wanna resurrender my life to him this morning. If that's you, or if you wanna say yes to him for the first time this morning, I wanna give you that opportunity. And so we're praying for you even right now, every single one of us that are believers that, uh, that you would make this decision, Lord, that is the best, best way to not waste your life, to give it to him who created you, crafted you, has a purpose and a destiny for you.